The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Guns up, guys. Uh, we're missing a Getty up somewhere, so I'll say it. Getty up! <laughs> there it is. Say y'all, Drew. Say y'all. Uh, giddy up, y'all. Uh, <laughs> Drew, I don't <laughs> know why you keep calling me Drew. My name is Eric Tanzi. I am wearing a Drew Clearly. mask. Yeah. Clearly. That would have been a better Halloween get up. I think I would have preferred yeah. that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> An aging beer. <laughs> say what? What'd you say? An aging beard. I like a it. Receding I like it. Hairline. So, okay. hey guys, um, as most of you know, uh, Skate Daddy is home pretending to be Tony Hawk. He's wearing his Tony Hawk uniform uh, and a cast on his right arm because he was skateboarding this weekend with his, uh, he said that was a lot of guns up. Well, we can't say it enough, Eric. So he's in the chats. If you're, uh, if you're uh, here now, you you know that because you're you're in the chats as well. He uh, says hello to everyone, but I decided it would be best for all involved that we don't have an oxy influenced Eric on the show tonight. So he's here with love and support in the chats. Um, tolerable transy is what Lastro says. Good evening, Lastro. Happy Tuesday. Uh, it's Tansy Hawk, says Micah McFa- McFowl. So, yeah, guys, so surprise, surprise, we have Drew with us tonight. Drew, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. It's uh, it's our first show back since Thanksgiving, isn't it? Yes, yes. Is there that cold. much of a delay? Are, are you, am, am I delayed? Um, I'm generally delayed in most aspects of my life. So <laughs> that probably carries over <laughs> to this evening. Okay. If if you're see if if you're experiencing a horrible delay, please say something in the chat. I won't be able to keep up with the chat, so I'll never know. But if you're experiencing this delay, just raise your hand. I can't see you anyway. But yes, so uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Great. Uh, the kids and I went back to Tennessee, saw some family. It was quick, quick turn and burn. It's a long drive. Um, I, I had to just keep saying to the kids things like. Uh, it's okay, guys. I'd much rather be in this car with music and, you know, air conditioning uh, and, and and sitting in traffic safe than in that wreck that's up there or then whatever, because I had to say it enough to where I wasn't going to, you were not going to hear like a crime show about me this week because I was losing my mind. What yes. about you? What'd you, what'd you get into? Uh, we had family here at the, at the house in Lutz. Uh, you know, we survived, uh, the multiple deer out back and the gator that lives on the banks of the, I did like your, I did like that reel, the mighty breezy river. Uh, so yeah, we just had some family over here. We had a good old time and, um, it's, uh, it's what Thanksgivings are made for that and being thankful. And, um, just if you're completely unhappy, I'm sure you have some kind of take on, uh, colonizers, um, massacring <laughs> Indians. And, and not being thankful for the fact that they shared a meal together. They broke, they bread. broke bread. Yes, thank you. They broke <laughs> bread at the yeah. end of the day. Right. That, that's what matters. Did you consider just a question? It would have been more reminiscent of the first Thanksgiving 
more cost effective and potentially healthier to just harvest one of the deer that you have out back? Did you consider that for Thanksgiving? That's a little too lifelike. Uh, no. So, so the answer is no, we did, uh, we did make some maize though. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I started the day in a loincloth, but I was, that was, uh, nixed. By oh, my oh, okay. Let me, so, okay. Did you, did you have to change completely or did you leave it on and just put pants on over it? Uh, do the math. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to, I'm done. I'm done. What do you think? How am I turning into Eric now? He's gone and now I'm doing the Eric bit. I'm not doing that, guys. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, guys, you might have seen I teased the show on Instagram today. Uh, I gotta get better. I'm doing that later and later as as time has gone on. But uh I was originally gonna talk about the horrible, horrible um murder of the four. Oh, I just tisked. So there it is, everybody. Heidi, good Girl. evening. Goral. 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 Um, simply radiant. Goral. Uh, I did a. Uh, I was going to talk about the terrible, terrible incident that happened in Idaho, where the four college students have been murdered. Um, it was a couple weeks ago, and it's. It's terrible. The reason I didn't do that, we might do that next Tuesday. The reason we didn't is because at this moment, there are only a handful of solid facts and everything else is speculation. As you can imagine, with four uh, four college kids found dead from stabbing while sleeping in their in their home in their uh, apartment off campus, it's huge since no one has been caught uh, or was not caught initially, I think that I think authorities were hoping that that was what was going to happen. Clearly they thought that they had kind of a beat on what was going on and that it was pretty personal. And now that some time has gone on and they haven't, as you can imagine, we've talked about this multiple times with multiple cases. They're keeping everything very, very, very tight lipped and very close to the, to the chest as they should. Is it close to the vest or close to the chest? It's vest. Thank you for pointing it out. It is vest. I said chest. Uh, but maybe that's what I'll just say now. I'm going so it's close to the chest. Got her mouth. If you're if you're a woman, you say close to the chest. We don't really wear vests. So okay. if you're a man, you say close to the vest. I think that's the proper I don't know. Every casino I've ever been in, the the uh the stew has been a female that's wearing a vest. Well, if you are on a reservation or in a casino and you're a woman, you can say vest. A lot of Indian talk. Hot, Outside. hot because, I, because I just because I just went to Tennessee and you have to pass Cherokee, North Carolina, and there's a casino right there on that trail reservation. Yeah. Say what? The Trail of Nichols. <laughs> right to the nickel slots, the Trail of Tears. It is. It's the trail trail of uh trail of tokens. Um <laughs> so that's what I thought about immediately. I saw the signs for it. I've been there uh, a long time ago, and it is, in fact, a dry casino. So that's good to know Ooh. ahead of time. Yeah. So I didn't spend much money. But anyway, close to the their bodies. They're keeping all of the information very close to their bodies and their attire. And because of this, I didn't want to go on and talk about that tonight because uh, I didn't want to just spend the next hour on rampant speculation uh so maybe no let's let that brew for another week or so see what happens see if anything develops and if so then we may talk about that 
next Tuesday. Uh, instead, went a totally different route, and we're going to talk about catfishing, uh, particularly an incident that happened this past Friday in Riverside, California, which is horrible. Uh, and then it's a really short case to talk about. So we're going to kind of get into some other um, ideas and other kind of paradigms of catfishing and what that might look like and uh, what that might have even looked like before the Internet, because that's how we associate it. But it, in fact, I, I'm I am very, very confused because we said I came prepared. I grew up a New York Yankees fan because I was uh, that's all there was in Western New York or I was growing up for, for okay. a period of time. And I was convinced that we were just going to talk about Jim Catfish Hunter. <laughs> I, I don't understand what you meant by catfish. That's the only catfish I know. The only Halloween uh, costume I ever had that was not a cop, by the way, was uh, one year. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say it was I was Catfish Hunter. I was not. I was Sparky Lyle. I was Sparky That's Lyle one year for Halloween, and I had a big wax. You remember the wax harmonicas? Of course I do. Well, I cho I chewed one of those down and had a big chaw in my Yes. Just, it has just, flavor for the first chew and a half. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And then if you if you accidentally bite down a little bit on one side, you only get the sound from the other side because now this one's all mushed together. That's a formidable costume, though. I like it. That was a formidable stash. Yeah, thank um, you. It was. I mean, I had a little mustache and everything. And uh, so, um, you know, speaking of which, though, not to get us too far off, which? Uh, do you remember the wax um, pop bottles? Do you remember those? Yes. And they had the liquid they, inside them. They had a liquid. They had a, they had a pleasant surprise, which. Anyway. They uh, the did. Harmonicas. And that also was like, um, like, it's kind of syrupy, right? Don't you remember? Like, it was liquid, but it was like a little, little much. Oh, no, I'm, sure it was it was like, I'm sure it was like, just like Cairo syrup yeah. in a wax like a high fructose corn syrup with red dye 40. Well, I'm waiting for Eric to pipe in because um, Tansy's got a picture. Do you remember the uh, wax lips? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. a fan favorite as well. Yeah, I'm sure that'll that'll surface at some point. Um, right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Halloween. So, that's cute, Drew. First of all, I see you. I've got your number now. Uh you came at it all like, oh, oh, give me a second. Mm, not sure if I'm going to get us all ready to go. And you're like, oh, hang on. Wapa. Like, like a miss I, and a I jab. Was, and like, let me was, show uh, you my producer skills. Hold on, Andrea. I was teasing. No, early. I, I was a horrible undercover, but uh, it, it's, there is a, there is something known as survival mode and survival mode kicks in for me sometimes. So like <laughs> I'm basically doing undercover with you, like inside I'm terrified. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just playing the part of. Uh, well, you're playing. You're doing a good job because, guys, what you didn't hear is right before this, we're on the phone with people, we're figuring it out, and logging in and logging out and pushing buttons. And he's like, "Oh goodness, okay. Well, now I've got to be responsible." And I'm like, "I guess you are. I guess you're taking What's the lead." I don't huh? know what this. What's a Google? I don't know what your <laughs> fancy What's terms a, are. What's a Google? Yeah. <laughs> So the case we're talking about tonight, y'all, uh, if you saw it on Instagram is, oh, ooh, 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 please let me before I forget. We are going to talk Delphi. We are going to talk about it when when this is over, because I'm afraid if we start, we won't even have a show. Otherwise, it will just be a Delphi show, which I'm also OK with. But 
uh, we now have the probable cause for search warrant documentation that's been redacted has been released to the public. So, um, actually, two or three of you guys sent that to me this evening. I saw it earlier today. It was just a few hours ago, I think, that it was released, or a few hours ago that I saw it. Uh, thank you to those who thought about me to send it. But, uh, yes, we are definitely going to be talking about that. Uh, I don't know. It just gets my my heart gets in my throat a little bit every time I see something come out about Delphi. It's, it, to this day, it's it's killing me. So, I'm happy to see that. It's It's a little bit. It's a little more. And then since... You and I were together talking to the Chris investigative Ott. producer. Okay, I was just want to make sure I got his title right because I don't know what that means. He was an investigative producer because I think I asked him if he was a private investigator, and he said no. He's, I, a, he's an IP, not a PI. He said I am. I am not licensed anywhere. He was very adamant about his licensure. Okay, that's good. Yep, he's an honest fellow. He is an honest fella, but when he was on the show, we 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 went down some rabbit holes there and talked about some things there. So uh, since you and I were together, that'll be great that we can talk about this now with uh with some of this updated information. But um anyway, welcome guys. I'm glad y'all are here tonight. Glad you're with me again. Uh, Skate Daddy's in the comments there, so you guys can chit chat with him some. He may unless he passed out. I don't know. I saw him on Facetime earlier, and his pupils were pinpointed. And I don't know how long he'll last tonight, uh, but you can talk to him when you can until his broken arm pain medication takes full effect. Just remember what uh, what level the Def Leppard drummer got back to with one arm. You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. like our thoughts and you know, it's this is a perfect thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and love prayers. and light. P H O T S, as he pointed out. Love and light. And, and so. Uh, we have I have lit lit my Brittany Faulkner, Faulkner Memorial fake candle lamp in honor of Tansy and his ligaments and arms. He broke it just below the elbow, just below the funny bone. Yeah, and there's nothing. Oh, you know what? I wonder if this will affect his comedy from here going forward. It's true. He has a broken funny bone. Hmm. Maybe it'll fix it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he'll be kinder to you. <laughs> you think? <Yeah. laughs> we'll see if it works. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Speaking of Brittany, and we really will get to the show, guys. I'm not trying to spend all evening on this, but Eric does a good job of coming in and housekeeping and moving forward. And I'm uh, a little my ADD gets gets a hold of me sometimes. Uh, really exciting, exciting merch news. Uh, right, Drew? So we are all, we've been in kind of a constant uh, text thread this past week uh, with Jonathan Bates from Difficult to Look at Pictures. I think he's in the somewhere. Oh, I see him. Drew's little spoon. He changed his name. Here's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my little spoon. <laughs> um, so Jonathan's been working really hard and getting a lot of things together for us. We're kind of uh, shifting to using some of him and some of his art a little bit more for our merch, at least currently. And it's looking fantastic. And I can't wait for you guys to see some more. But we want to do uh, T-shirts, long sleeve T-shirts. I want to do, uh, there's a couple of baseball tees, if you guys like that, that I'd like to get done. Uh, coffee mugs, tumblers. Brittany Faulkner, in fact, is the one who requested uh, some koozies which is great 
Brittany, you can put your water in it until you spit that baby out, and then you can use it for anything else. It should be soon, though. It should be soon. Probably by the time we get it all drawn up and sent out, you should be ready for a proper koozie. Um, yeah, so we've got a lot of a lot of merch coming up and a lot of super, super awesome designs that I'm really pumped about. So that that should hopefully be coming down the pipeline pretty soon. Which, you brings, say, uh, which begs the, the question, do we have maternity sizes in the we in should the styles yeah i think we should hey, i think we can it, offer it my little spoon has uh reminded me of something we do have several shows during the dur during the week yeah we do uh, monday you can uh tune in and listen to mike the cop and hey big daddy d as they rip the headlines from the internet and um they discuss police and police related stories and they are two intelligent and very humorous human beings one being uh, a multi a very successful multi-businessman and the other being a pre-responder then on tuesday nights as evidenced by this moment right here currently there's a, a show called night shift it's with the beautiful andrea uh, her instagram is andrea up late We'll show that later, perhaps, if we figure out how to do that. And normally, Eric Tanzi is sitting here, but because, and I'm not being ableist, but because I have two <laughs> I am sitting in for him. How dare you? Thursday nights, you don't want to miss Eric's show, which is called uh, Last Call of the Day. It's so you don't have to talk about dead babies and domestic violence on the weekends like your asshole buddies who are first responders. And that's all you get to talk about. And then Friday is our flagship show. It's called Failure to Stop. And we break down all of the relevant crime and crime-related things. Uh, we have guests. We have fun. Uh, we, we make fun of each other at times. It's a good time. This Friday, I, actually, I, I believe, I'm like in the 97th percentile of belief that I'm going to be sitting in with one or two of Eric's arms. And uh, what I want to do in a, on a serious note is talk about uh, the deadly month of um, it's like a span of November through December of 2009 in the Pacific Northwest, specifically around Seattle, because there were six police officers that were killed during that time. So in order to kind of make sure that their memory stays alive and keeps that candle lit for them, uh, I'm going to break down the it was three different cases that occurred all uh within succession i mean they were just getting pounded up there uh so that's kind of the lineup we we bring you uh, you know please download on any podcast platform that you have yes. I, I would never suggest that you go to a best buy or you go to walmart and you look at the iphones or the ipads in there and you go to the podcast app on the iphone or ipad and click download i would never suggest that you do that because i think that that might be illegal but if you click download for just say you happen to be in Best Buy, say you happen to be in Walmart and you open up the podcast app and you go to the failure to stop show yeah. and you click download, yeah. anything can happen. Because well, you just don't, you want to know before you potentially purchase a phone, you, you want to make sure all the functions work. Yeah. You, you test drive a car before you buy it. It's normally. too easy. Normally it's too easy. So just to go to all, all the, actually all of the local electronic sales places are going to have all of their displays out right now because it's that time of year guys tis the season uh try them all out try them all I, out. I just uh 
I'm going for a last row hat trick here. Uh, I, I tend to pick on him a lot because he has funny things to say. But this is also kind of a, a coded message for our big daddy transy. So I just wanted to make sure he saw that. And I'm going to turn it right back to you. I just wanted to take care of some of that housekeeping stuff, though I'm not a good housekeeper. Let's be clear. I don't know. It looks really tidy behind you. <laughs> Thank you. My plant's dead again. So that's just how I roll. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, I guess. So we're going to move it on over to Riverside, California. Uh, we're going to be talking about this super, super terrible case that just happened on Friday. So internet safety man i know it sounds like i'm talking to a bunch of kids but if you got kids if you know kids if you yourself can be vulnerable please for the love don't talk to people you don't know uh online except for you know all these people in the chats that you've been talking to for <laughs> we are we are what oh luckily we are one big wolf pack family but beyond <laughs> if, if you don't know the wolf pack oh then i would not talk to them don't. <laughs> Hey, all you strangers in the chat, don't talk to people you don't know online. Yeah. Holy guacamole. All right. So, <clears throat> so what happened? A 15-year-old girl in California befriends someone online. This guy, Austin Lee Edwards is his name. I think he's 28 years old. Uh we I've looked and looked and looked. If you found it, Drew, please interrupt me. But I've not been able to find yet how he catfished her. We do know that they've continuously said he catfished her. So because of that, if you're not familiar, it's the term given to um, when someone in some way shows themselves as someone else. So they can portray themselves as a different gender, a different age, a different um, anything to to as a means to get something that they want, whatever that may be. So. This guy catfished her. Um, they've not told us yet. I don't know if she thought he was a 15-year-old boy, if she thought he was like a fun girl that she was hanging out with, whatever. It really doesn't matter. But she did not know he was a 28-year-old man who lived in Virginia. So on Friday, um, Austin drove all the way to California. He quit his job the month before, and we're going to talk about that and what that job was. And he drove to California from Virginia. Um, this girl, they've not given her name. She lived with her mother and her grandmother and her grandfather. Grandmother and grandfather in their early 60s. Uh, the grandfather is known to be uh, just, well, they all are known to be upstanding members of their community. He taught baseball for years and years. Everyone knew him. Um, Mark and Cherie are the grandmother and grandfather's names. Uh, just they said that they were a light of the community. Uh, everyone felt uh, just happy and safe around them. They always had people over, these kinds of things. The girl's mother's name, I believe, is Brooke. Yeah, and so Brooke was a 38-year-old single mom who had come back. They were living with the grandparents in a pretty pretty quintessential California home. Uh, uh, stucco, Spanish child, looked like a really nice neighborhood. And so that's kind of the the background of the home life there. So the 15-year-old girl befriends this, what she doesn't know is a grown man on faith or online. He begins to gain her trust. He learns more personal things about her. They eventually start texting rather than just talking online. Um, and then he, she eventually gives up where he lives. Uh, I don't know. You know, these are the things you got to think about. Did he tell her he lives in the subdivision over or the town over? 
does she know how far away he lives? None of this matters, but she winds up giving up a lot of information. And he drove. He drove all the way there. Upon getting to the home, he shot and killed her mother, her grandmother, and her grandfather, the only other three people that lived in the home. And then he set the home on fire, or attempted to, uh, and then put the girl in his um, in his red car and drove away. Now, what happened is a neighbor got an alert from his uh, ring or one of his camera apps uh, that said that there was smoke in the neighborhood. He came home and saw that and alerted authorities. But at the same time, other people were alerting um, dispatchers that uh, a girl looked to be uh, in a quite an emotional state in this car, getting in this car. They didn't feel comfortable with what they were seeing. So authorities are getting uh, two different types of calls that are taking them to the same neighborhood. Uh, upon getting to the home, they see that uh, there's smoke. They open the door to go inside and immediately upon entering, find the three bodies of the um, of Brooke, Cherie, and Mark and drag them outside. They've been killed. Uh, they put out the fire of the home. A few hours go by, and they're able to track down the car that Austin is in with the girl. Uh, they get into a bit of a shootout. He shoots at police. <clears throat> he gets himself killed that way. She survived. She's physically okay. Uh, she immediately went into uh, like government services uh, to take care of her for a little bit. There is other family, ex extended family around that I think that she's probably already with at this point. Um, and essentially that's the story. Now, this guy, uh, I was careful to tell the story first before I say what he did, because what he did, I hate to even say it's what he did for a living. He had just recently uh, become a police officer. He was a deputy in Virginia. He had just graduated uh, from the from the training in January of this past year. So had not spent a full year there yet, um, had got hired on July, the July prior. So the I'm actually going to show you. Do you mean to hold up? I've got a picture of him that might be a little easier to see. Do you mean to do that, Drew? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I listen. I can fill in a couple of blanks for you. First, I watched the Good Morning LA stuff on this this morning, and it was the chief. I think his name is Rodriguez. I, I mean, look at this dude. He looks like uh, his if, eyes, man. Yeah. If if um. I'm trying to think of who the top of his head would be, but if Bill Hader and uh, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, now I'm with you. Yeah, right. So he's got a little Bill Hader look from the, the nose down. I'm just trying to figure out who he'd be. Oh, Schrute, Dwight Schrute. Oh, definitely that? Dwight Schrute. Yeah, that works. Okay, so if Bill Hader and Dwight Schrute. Had a baby. Had a baby. Lumber with crazy eyes. Tell me. Uh, this would, can you show that one more time? Me? Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, thanks. Okay. So confirmed. So um, the chief of police from Riverside police was, uh, did an extensive interview. I, I, and by extensive, I say like six minutes. I mean, mm -hmm. there's only so much he's going to be able to talk about in an investigation like this strictly because they're dealing with um, not just uh, a crime scene. They're dealing with two crime scenes. One's out of state, yep. uh, actually three crime scenes when you think about it, but one's out of state in Nevada where the shootout occurred where the suspect is and, and where the, the, the girl, uh, the 15 year old victim luckily Was, yeah. escaped. 
um, they're dealing with a physical crime scene invol- involving an arson and three dead people uh, being, you know, the victim's mom and the mm-hmm. victim's grandparents. And we don't, I, I don't know how they died. I mean, maybe that was already released. I, I, I don't know. I, I know that apparently he killed them and then he set the, the house on fire and, right. um, and was successful in setting the house on fire. But it's like a Spanish kind of um, a typical California home, beautiful home yeah. surrounded by even, more, you know, just equally as beautiful homes. Um, not like the Brady Bunch, you know, architecture, Mike Brady kind of California. Home, yeah, no, the, it was like Spanish tile. Yeah, really pretty neighborhood. Like the Castillo, like the the, mm-hmm. the tile um, roof kind of California home. So they're dealing with that crime scene. So you got three physical crime scenes, but you also have a forensic. Uh, I mean, a uh, 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 the the computer, the 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 internet. Oh yeah, yeah. On it this these days. Uh, the electronic. All, the electronic part of this, the the forensic. Um, investigation that's going to go along with that. So he he was not he's not able to talk a whole lot about the investigation anyway, other than you know probably what we kind of have heard. He did say that he didn't know, and that that could be because he, the chief of police, didn't know. But uh, I was kind of led to believe that the agency didn't know what um, either app or website you know right. he contacted her on and how he. But but there was indication that he had groomed her and there was uh, he was kind of making like um, and this is just guess on my part, but he was kind of making like uh, references to that this potentially may not be the only victim, meaning he has attempted this before, but he's you know, this is the one he's successfully or at least been in communication with. Right. This is the one that that kind of played along with it, if you will. So yeah. Very sad story, but keep going. I'm sorry. Well, that's kind of it. That's the point. That's the end of the story. And and that's where I was going to go into a little bit of the details on him. Um, excuse me, becoming a police officer because man, uh, all they can say, I mean, there's what, like you said, what, what are they going to say? All they can say is that there were no red flags. There was no lapse of judgment on his part that they could find. He, there were no, uh, his background check came back clean boom, bam, boom. He got the job. Um, I'll tell you what, I know you can't turn someone away just by their physical appearance. Someone in the chats just said, I think it was Murr that, or Jonathan, I think, uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter just that his eyes, like he should have failed on his eyes alone. Like I'm telling you, there's something to be said about a feeling you get from somebody. And I would like to think that even if I had not read anything about this case, but I just saw this picture, I don't think my feeling would be a whole lot different than I have right now. Um, windows you know eyes are the windows to the soul i don't care what anyone says i'm telling you right now it's you can see a lot in someone regardless i digress but uh so he had been and i'm 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 putting the story to you this way because i'm starting to read it and i mean like right here boom cnn um a former virginia police officer believed to have murdered a teenager's family right everything is no one says like he really barely had that job for any amount of time like the second he got it, he turns around and does this. He's not doing it because he's a cop. Him being a cop had nothing to do with him being a creep. Uh, and him being a creep had nothing to do with him being a cop. Unless use that in some way to, you know, set him up to volley him to be with more stuff. No, uh, if that were the case, he wouldn't. Be, he wouldn't. Um, I, I don't think he would be successful because he'd be revealing his age at that point. Right. Right. So, well, so if he's trying to convince her that he's 
somebody he's not, unless he was just well, unless saying, he thought he could get away with things with authorities or, or outside of the actual victims. Maybe yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I will say this: that the you know the media does a good job at picking either the the greatest picture for the murderer, um, or the worst picture for the cop, and they 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 definitely chose the worst picture for him because I mean he he does he looks like a, a pedo. I mean let's face it, mm-hmm. but not to judge a book by its cover, but um, he well, I, I you saw know the inside fo- of the book at this point, so I think you're you're free to say what you want. I saw footage of him graduating from, I, I believe it was uh, the Virginia. He, he was a trooper in the state of Virginia. I know that may shock Eric, uh, but he was a trooper before he went to work for a local law enforcement agency. They showed him walking across the stage to accept his thing and his head was shaved. He looked like a trooper. I mean, it, yeah. it's not, I, I really don't. I mean, he didn't look like uh, Peter Petto probably his whole life. And that's a lot of peas. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I like alliteration. Thank you. Um, so he, he uh, I, I don't know what his game was. And here's, the, this is another observation I had when I was watching. First of all, when I was watching the Chief, they, they were, um, it was Good Morning LA or something. So I think it's Fox-based, like, you know, it's a local Fox station in LA. So I think they're probably going to kind of treat that with kid gloves anyway, just for the politics behind it. I, I don't care either way. Like the guy's a cop, he's a cop and we're going to talk about him being a cop. I mean, sure. Um, we, we have to take the good with the bad, the spokesman though, not the chief, but the spokesman for the, um, uh, Riverside PD did make reference to the kind of the same thing. He, he, you know, uh, I would agree with what he said, which is, look, I, I don't know how much experience this guy has as a cop, um, but we can't, we're not going to ignore it. Like we're, we're not going to just say, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, in other words, it does, it does us no good as a profession to try to downplay this. No, you know, no, the no, 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 the, the media is going to just like this police officer took advantage of, you know, and it, so, all he has yeah, to do. They're going to upplay it for sure. For sure. Right. He, I mean, he could have been a pre-responder for all we know, but he was, he was actually a certified law enforcement officer. Obviously he, he passed psychological backgrounds and, and you know, that begs questions such as what are the limits or, or how does one slip through these uh, and, or was there a disciplinary issue at the previous agency that made him go to the other agency? Or was he just like completely not on the radar at all? Just some loner dude. And it sounds uh, like not on the radar um, and only, or unless they've just not disclosed to us, which is possible, but everything that they said, ooh, I'm shaking everything. Everything that they said was just that he had no prior, anything, um, no, uh, like I said, no lapses in judgment or delinquent activity or anything in his background check. So I think he had just flown under the radar. Well, that's in his background check, and that's what it takes just about every cop to be. I mean, there are very – of course, that threshold's been lowered now because of the hemorrhage in the profession. But if you've ever – Numbers. Yeah. I mean, if you dealt with anybody in recruitment and screening, you, you would know. And it depends on your administration, by the way. But um, there's a pretty high threshold to get through, like, you know, we, we had to lower our threshold for like marijuana tattoos and, and even tobacco use. Like we had a no, no tobacco use within the last 365 days of, of the application and, you know, all these other things. And, right. you know, now we're, we're having a, uh, the place where I used to work anyway, they're having to change some of these criteria because just losing so many people. And, yeah. and so, you know, 
we're, we're gonna, this is, this is the product of what I've been talking about. The, 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 the drum I've been beating since probably 2010, 2011. And that is go ahead and keep talking your smack about law enforcement. Keep saying all these nasty things about law enforcement, how you can't trust them, how that they're racist and they're just uh, dirty liars and that the system is corrupt and they do nothing but cover for one another. Because what's going to happen is a fundamental shift exactly as it's happening right now. Yep. And you're going to you're, you're going to hemorrhage. I mean, when you had the perfect storm of COVID and you had the um, uh, uh, George Floyd. Um, yeah. I mean, this is like post Ferguson. So you had George Floyd and COVID all at once. Uh, everyone thought, you know, guys like me looked at our calendars and said, eh, I, I could be making just as much money at home doing nothing. So sayonara, yeah. like, uh, yeah. have without that. the headache, especially if, and, and this is, uh, you know, I might be preaching to the choir here to some of the cops in the chat, but especially if your administration is, um, not, uh, not as willing to see what you're seeing. In other words, like you're right. looking at your, you're, you're short staffed and people are quitting all around you, but they're still worried about you catching up on your SOPs and they're willing to uh, threaten you via memo to catch up on your SOPs. Like, okay. I mean, keep playing that game, but so just to right. say, just to get back to what I was saying, and I hate to hijack your whole show. here. But no, please. The, uh, the, the greater social impact in all of this, this is what I've been saying, even, even credit it to Uvalde. This is the exact same thing I'm saying about Uvalde. Yep. Keep calling them cowards. And what's going to happen is all the good ones are going to leave because they can't lead anymore. You can't lead a, a, a bunch of people that are just beaten down so badly that they don't yeah. want to work. And nobody wants to use force anymore. And, and, and the social justice warriors are saying, good, then mission accomplished. Okay, but at the price of a lot of police officers and at the price of the public. The public. Because, right. Because uh, a, a use of deadly force is uh, the threat of death or great bodily harm to yourself or somebody else to include uh, the citizens that we're charged with protecting. And by the way, the highest percentage, we're not dealing 97% criminal, 3% good citizen. It's the other exactly. way around. So exactly. when you, when you create this situation like this, you get Peter Petto walking across the stage and he drives from Virginia to California and he wipes out a family and st steals a 15 year old because he slips through the cracks because we're under the pressure of filling Manning of, of filling numbers. And, you know, I, I'm, this is, I'm completely making that up. I'm just saying, I'm just drawing the comparison. No, like, I, I know. I know that's what happened in this situation, but this is what's going to start to happen. So lawlessness is something that you all need to get used to if 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 the media wants to, and social media, by the way, wants to continue on this path. And then, of course, you know, midterm comes around or presidential election comes around and, and the people that are screaming defund the police are saying, no, that wasn't us saying defund the police. That was them. But no. it was it's not it's just it not matter it and it won't matter yeah. right so then they can say what they want yeah right okay i'm sorry go ahead please I, don't I'm be sorry, you were saying? yeah 
So happy Tuesday, guys. <laughs> no, thank you. I, I really value uh, I value your input there a lot. I, I really enjoyed what you had to say. Uh, so that's, you know, that's that. If you guys have questions, uh, particularly this would be a, a, a Drew area of expertise more than myself in certain areas here. So if you have questions, throw them in the chat. That's what we can to um to to wear all the hats of certain non producers to what whatever it is we're doing. Um so we got together a few examples, uh some a little funny, some not, but some other crimes that took place with catfishing. And then I want to talk about a little bit of a different I idea, a little take on um catfishing so listen to this some of these i'm just kind of kind of read off because they're not like cases or anything that we've really looked into it's just interesting little stories that i printed out um bosco says he left in 2018 after eight years something something he was tired of the bs <laughs> i think that was it right yes right, yeah. look at that look at me reading ahead uh <laughs> he was tired of the bs so um thank you bosco uh all right, so check this out. I'm going to just read this verbatim. It says that because of her health issues and her strict parents, Janelle Potter was a shut-in with zero social life. As a result of her upbringing, she lived most of her life on social media where she would make fake profiles and be whoever it is she wanted to be. However, her life took a strange turn once she started making some real-life friends. So one of them was actually Billy Payne. Um, she had a crush on this guy, Billy Payne. Billy had a wife named Billie Jean. Okay. Whoa. Um, that's true. He's B-I-L-L-Y and she's B-I-L-L-I-E for the record. I'm reading it. You're only hearing it. Billie uh, Jean so, was his lover. She was. She was. She, um, mm -hmm. And they lived in the house of pain. <laughs> oh, jump around. Um, so Billy's wife, Billy, Billy Jean, we'll call her, uh, was Janelle's arch nemesis. They actually write those words. I don't like this writing. Um, after Janelle mysteriously started getting rude comments left on her Facebook wall, which she suspected were from the wife, Billy, she unfriended the couple entirely. Uh, she later tells 2020 that the wife, Billy, was jealous of her looks. I don't have a picture. I, I wish that I did. Um, that's all. I'm, I just wish that I did based on that statement. Uh, but as soon as that, but the harassment continued and Janelle went to plan B. So she told, here's what Janelle's parents are not the sharpest tools in the shed either. She tells her parents that there's a CIA agent named Chris. I think he was on our show um, who was protecting her from cyber bullies. Chris told her parents all the horrible things Billy and his wife were doing to Janelle. So Janelle's father got fed up about this with encouragement from the CIA guy, Chris, who is just a 19 year old girl on social media, by the way, to help defend her from bullies. Cause that's what the CIA does. Uh, her dad goes over and shoots and kills Billy and his wife. Whoa. Right. Um, but of course we all know where this is going. They go to the home, they search the Potter's home and they get the computers. They found out that Chris is actually Janelle the whole time. Like, like that's a shaggy and Scooby episode if I ever heard one. Um, but, uh, anyway, yeah. So her dad, her, oh, how do you convince your parents of that? Anyway, whatever. But that's a little, that's a little catfishing. So this one is actually, uh, we're not going to go through all of these. This one is interesting. 
There was a man named Thomas Montgomery. That's and... uh, Billy Payne and Billie Jean Hayward, by the way. Oh, there you are again. There you are again with your I don't know how to work this. Oh, let me pull up this story I've never even heard of, and I'm going to show you my production skills. In the house look, at the, look at that. <laughs> yeah, Janelle, House of Pain. House of Pain. Now all I want to do is sing that song. Um. Oh my! When Thomas, you're good. When Thomas Montgomery started chatting with a teenage girl he met in a chat room, let me show you. I'm gonna show you a little picture of Thomas here. So here's Thomas. There's Thomas. There's Thomas. Uh, Montgomery. Okay. Ooh, we just got close again. Okay. Say what? What did you say? Make me an angel. Flies from Montgomery. That's a song. Sorry. I thought you were going to sing Paint Me a Birmingham. Ooh. I don't know why. That's different. That uh, when, say what? Nothing. Go ahead. Um, oh, you got us close. Now we're far. Okay. Yeah, that's him. When Thomas Montgomery started chatting with a teenage girl he met in a chat room named Tall Hot Blonde. He lied and he told her he was 18 instead of 47. Together, the two had a cyber affair that lasted until Thomas's wife found out. Of course, of course she did. Realizing he could no longer pursue the relationship anymore, Thomas came clean to Tall Hot Blonde about his, <laughs> about his real age. We call her PHB. Like, here's what's bothered me. I'll tell you this. Things like this bug me. So picture the words Tall Hot Blonde altogether. However... I guess she ran out of characters or couldn't use enough. So tall is just spelled T-A-L. And so when you look at it, it looks like towel hot blonde and it's bugging me. Um, so Thomas came clean to tall hot blonde about his real age. Horrified, the teen turned her attention to Thomas's 22-year-old co-worker, Brian Barrett. And those two grew closer, but then Thomas became violently jealous, y'all. In 2006, as Brian sat in his car, the co-worker, Thomas shot him with a sniper rifle. I love how they say that, with a sniper rifle. Is it a sniper rifle if you're not a sniper? I don't know. Is, is that... it a carpenter's hammer if, if you're not a carpenter? I mean, it's just a hammer at that point, right? You could still, a carpenter can use it. Is it, is it a, surgeon's, a surgeon's knife just because <laughs> a surgeon's holding it? I mean. Well, it's a sniper rifle. Um, so... Thomas shot Barrett, his or Brian Barrett, his coworker, with the sniper rifle. Investigators get to the scene. They start questioning coworkers. They worry about tall, tall, hot blonde safety. Clearly, as one would, they go to her home, but they don't find a teenager. They find Mary Shiel, a middle-aged mom. It turns out Mary. This isn't funny at all. It turns. Out Are you sure? She was neither tall nor hot nor blonde. So they, there's three counts right there. <laughs> Mary. Mary, um, Mary, Mary bugging. It turns out Mary had been pretending to be her teenage daughter and, would cat, and was catfishing the two men all along. Um, but listen, here's where it's wrong. This is like this. I don't understand this. So Thomas is currently serving a 20 year sentence. I mean, as he should, he killed someone, but Mary was never convicted of anything. It just says that her daughter and her husband no longer speak to her. Um, 
but did somebody die? I don't understand. Did so- yeah, Thomas killed his coworker because he thought Tall Hot Blonde <laughs> was interested in his coworker, which she was. But the whole time, Tall Hot Blonde is not eight. She said she was eighteen. She was a middle aged mom. Which, hey, by the way, let's be let's take it easy on the middle aged mom jokes. All right. <laughs> hey, uh, that's true. <laughs> and I don't know your height. I'm not tall. Uh, well. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> uh, listen, here's another like pre-internet kind of internet catfish story. Do you remember? Okay. Uh, do you remember the talk show known as Sally Jesse Raphael? Jenny oh, Jenny Jones. Jones. Yeah, I remember Jenny. Jones. I remember Jenny Jones. And and Jenny Jones ended up probably broke. And do you remember why? Jenny so, Jones, yeah, go go for it if you remember. I a little bit because there was also a, was it just her? Was there not a scandal with Sally Jesse too, or is it just Jenny Jones that I'm thinking of? No, it's probably just Jenny Jones. Here, let me show you this. Did it have to do with someone? Was someone gay? Yes. Or she said they were, or they weren't, or some something like that. Nope. What happened was uh, this, this this fella in the middle. His name is Scott Amador. Um. He yep. had this. Remember that well, actually, Keep it close the to the vest, Scott. Yeah, the three of them were friends. This, this, we'll call her. Oh, oh, tall, it's coming back to me. Tall, hot, blonde, and and so the three of them were tall, friends, and he he confided in her that he was in love with this fellow here, Jonathan Schmitz, and so they brought him on the uh, Jenny Jones show, the show. just. Yeah, under the guise of we have a secret admirer. Are you interested in showing up here uh, and finding out who it is so we can get your reaction? It was and terrible. They yes. Yeah. That, so they brought they brought him out, and this dude just like <laughs> you know confessed his love for this dude, Scott. And uh, I mean, his name is Scott. His name is uh, Jonathan. So Jonathan is like, uh, you know, so. You know, what do you, you know, Jenny's like, so what do you think? I mean, you know, are did you know that Scott was, uh, had your, uh, eye and, and he, and he was like, no, no. He, I mean, he was laughing he and was joking about it. and he was but like, he got pissed, no. so he got super uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I, I can tell you, I can tell you, I didn't know, but I can also tell you that I'm, I'm heterosexual. I'm not, I'm not homosexual. So two days later. Jonathan went over to um, Scott's trailer and mm-hmm. shot him with a shotgun, killed him. Yep. And, and the family said that uh, had she not had Jenny Jones and her production staff not um, like uh, catfished him. Well, it was like shock value. Yeah, it was, it was all, yeah. Bombarded him with this, this news, humiliated him is what they framed it as. But he would be alive today if if he hadn't been humiliated like that. So um, the jury awarded um, twenty five million dollars to that family, but I, I think it was lost on appeal. That that Jonathan Schmitz was um, convicted of the murder, and mm-hmm. then subsequently released. Like he's out. He's already out after doing you know twenty years or whatever. Jeez. But. Oh, and it was uneasy and you can go back. I mean, anyone can go back and watch that clip of, of that moment. And it, and it's sad. It is sad because you see that he, that Scott was um, nervous and excited 
And, and you see uh, that Jonathan was very uneasy. This was in a time when people were definitely much more uneasy about this kind of thing. And I think that for Jonathan, the association alone, um, did, did, of course, it did not warrant him to go out and kill this man. But he felt humiliated. Scott felt um, defeated and disappointed. It, the whole thing was weird. But you know what? She wasn't the only one. That was the um, maybe that was a, a premise that had not happened quite like that but that whole i've got two participants on the show and we're going to bring out the third like for whatever reason you know i think that was all of the 90s talk shows all the time that's right like that that's the, every that's all they all did went, every call we went on uh in the certain mobile home park where i worked we called it a springer episode the springer. everything is a springer episode i mean and that's like it's for that reason that's, that's yeah. exactly why so uh, can you hear that? Can we do that? Hey, one night, can we have either the three or four of us on and do like, a, like, I'll say a fact about someone and then one of us holds up a piece of paper and says, and oh. the test has revealed that that is a lie. Can we do that? Like a, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> That'd be great. Here, I <laughs> All right. Ooh, mm, what you got? This is the actual clip. It, it, the, the show itself you never... hear this? Yeah, hey, you know what? If I put it on my phone, they could hear it. They're supposed to be able to hear it. Talk. You can't hear that mess. One, two, three. Oh, I know why. Hold on. Um, so, not, so as not to bore the... the, the uh, no, listen. you're good. Um, I've got it right here if you want. You had... Here you go. When he's under the car, you had a fantasy about him. Yeah, something to do with like brake oil, line snapping, and. <laughs> I think Scott went on the show not with an intention of uh, embarrassing anybody. This is his I think uh, Scott Chevy went on Chase's the show thinking twin this brother. Be a spectacular and way. Also no, known as. Is his them. attorney. Sort of like, um, uh, I don't know if, if uh, in your days of being. Right? Yeah. yeah. Do, do you know that he is? No. Anything's possible. <laughs> like I don't want to get You're caught up just the watching 99. this thing, but here's the guy coming out. <laughs> you can just see the kind of attention. The body language is very important here. Did I? No, we're good friends. Well, guess yeah. what? It's Scott that has the crush on you. You lied to me. <laughs> See what I mean? Like he just rolled with I mean, it. He's confronted with this horrible situation on national television. You can horrible see when you, his okay. hands go to his face in, in humiliation and embarrassment. Um, and Jenny Jones exploits that and keeps. All right. Sorry. <laughs> now, I will say she exploited it. <laughs> I, I don't mean that she needs to be in any kind of trouble. Yeah, she. Now, when he says horrible situation, I'm not, I don't agree with that, but that to say that she exploited it. Yeah, absolutely. That's all. Everything, everything was, was that way. That's, that's what they did for numbers. Right. Right. Ugh. gross. Gross. Oh, but man, the chair throwing was epic in some of those. Um, yeah. so I'm going to go over one more of these little examples and then we'll move it along a little bit. But, um, so we have, uh, Patra Williams, this was in 2014. She was fed up with her 19-year-old niece, Marissa. Uh, Marissa lived with her. Marissa was really irresponsible in all areas of life, especially with the internet. She would invite strangers she met online to the house for sex and booze. 
So Marissa and I would have already had a big old talk. So after Marissa continued ignoring her threats to stop, Petra decided to create a face, a fake, excuse me, fake Facebook profile as Trey. <laughs> None of this is funny. These names they make Trey Top Dog Ellis. All right. So the aunt has now become Trey Top Dog Ellis on Facebook to monitor her niece and teach her a lesson. So she friends the niece. They begin talking regularly. And in their talks, Marissa, the niece, reveals that she hated her aunt and she wants to get out of Alabama. Don't blame me there. <laughs> I'm from Tennessee, so I can say it, y'all. I can say it. Things took a darker turn when the niece revealed that she wanted Trey to kidnap her and kill her aunt, her aunt's fiance, and even the family dog. Scared, uh, Petra called 911. Marissa was arrested for solicitation of murder. However, during her probation, she was able to get away and became a fugitive. Um, it did not end in murder, but wow, it came close. Um, anyway, these stories go on and on and on. But let's talk about some other facets of catfishing, right? So there was, what was it like 2000, the early 2000s, there was the show on MTV called, was it on MTV called catfish? Yeah. Popularized it. Yeah. You know, and I want it just like, uh, what was that other, uh, MTV show? The uh, Cheaters. Well, no, oh. that was, uh, that was a whole different production. That was, yeah, that wasn't, that was like WB or something. Yeah, it was, it was WP. <laughs> was it? Uh, or like CW or something? I don't know. Yeah. Right. But what was the, um, uh, Pimp my ride and 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 the other cribs. and, and uh, yeah, cribs like those were all just setups. Like yeah. I I don't I don't know that the cribs were actual cribs. I think that they were just like rented houses and and the the pit my ride was I, I think yeah. Now that might have been real. That was Ashton Kutcher. I don't know if that was real or not. I, I I'm still waiting for Ashton Kutcher to jump out of the bushes. I feel like that's like the theme of the last. A few years of my life. <laughs> I know. I have been punked, there. Punked, <laughs> like, punked. Where's the camera? Come on. Get it, somebody get it. show me where that camera is. Come on. Come on somebody. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing along till now. I haven't <laughs> You're waiting for people to just start clapping. Like, oh, you did good. You did good. <laughs> and they're all just like this. You know what I mean? They're all just deadpan. <laughs> like. But yeah, you're right. I mean, they were all just over the top. Put your pants up or what, sir? <laughs> Come on, it's a joke, right? <laughs> oh my! Well, so you're right, though. It was over the top productions, um, but they did. They not only normalized, but glamorized or you know incentivized the idea of catfishing, and it became. Uh, if you guys don't remember. If you if you weren't around for that show and it it would have people who literally lured people in uh, under a guise of false pretenses, whatever that would be in the moment. Usually it was looks and different things like that. Uh, we know with like online dating, a lot of people talk about that kind of thing all the time. I still don't understand that one. I don't get it. You're going to eventually meet if that's the point. So I'm not sure why I, I still don't get that one. Um. But initially, catfishing was made more for a financial gain, though. It was more about money. People would yeah. start to assume these, these you know, identities and do different things like that to be able to run a financial scam on someone. And it's only in the past 
X amount of years, couple of decades that it's turned into something even I would say more so in the last 10 to 15 years that has become like this uh, a violent crime um, as the end result. That's right. that's a different story entirely. There was a whole film, uh, a 2010 motion picture called Catfish. Oh, Bosco. I'm sorry. Bosco said next. I remember that. Next. Hey, um, and then and then think about, too, um, like what that kind of led to were, were like the Craigslist hookups and the Craigslist, you know, Craigslist, mm -hmm. Craigslist killers and stuff. You know like what? That. That's right. There was a whole like section of that before before we had like social media and things like that, where then it became prevalent on social media. Um, oh, Miss goodness. Huh? Missed Connections. That was the name. Oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, somebody oh told man, I'm like taking a walk down memory lane now. I was never on that. I just mean I remember it. Right. But <laughs> I never. I, I was. I was never screen name tall hot blonde. On <laughs> Neither was I. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh. screen name. <laughs> Why does he keeps changing them so quickly? <laughs> it's Jonathan Tall Hot Blonde. For those but he put two L's and the E on the end of blonde. That's already well, better than old girl. Sued. He definitely doesn't want to get sued. <laughs> uh, and then Teresa, of course, brings up my, Manti Teo, which was a whole different um, episode. Of, Ooh, uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, Manti Teo. Great episode. On, uh, Next. Last I'm sorry, Dead Leg is also saying next. So the only, I remember the show next. My biggest memory of it was probably, well, what year was that? So it had to have been prior to 2010. It would have been, ugh, I don't know, 2004, five, maybe, I don't know. And I remember being at the bar and maybe we had imbibed. And I do remember saying over and over and over again, I mean, I was married at the time still, but I would joke. And like, if men walked by and I'd be like, next. <laughs> next mm -mm. like for like two hours that i was um contacted on facebook i was still working so i was a little bit nervous about this but i was contacted on facebook um this uh when i was like developing this relationship with my current fiance okay fiance. french word so i know all right. Um, but Ashley understood it. So um, I was uh, I, I was contacted on Facebook by this young suitor, this young woman who was like, hey, Su I just sutress. <laughs> suture. <laughs> she was a real stitch. <laughs> um, you. She told me uh, that um, she was like, I just want to. <laughs> I feel bad, but I, uh, for what? I mean, like somebody was using me to catfish her. So she put this whole diatribe about how I broke her heart. It did all this other stuff, like knowing, like she opened it with, I know that this wasn't you. Somebody is using your name. And then she went into the whole story about like, <laughs> I don't know. She was just 
like hoping I would fall in love with her based on what she was telling Wait, me. Okay, or, hold on. Is this okay? So there was someone using your name to catfish her, yes. or she was the mastermind and she's saying all of this oh. to garner sympathy? Oh. Okay, no. So someone had reverse Uno? No, 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 no. Yeah, this, yeah. This was total. She was catfished by somebody using my likeness and my uh, and and speaking, you know, apparently very well and poetic. And, and, and charming her and they did pretty well at doing it apparently and she fell it was just south of me it was in sarasota and she was just kind of like i don't know she was just like holding out hope that hey you know did i just say something to make you mad and it's really you or is somebody using your name but she approached me with hey i just want to let you know somebody's using your name in your face well then i started getting other messages like that so somebody was using <laughs> <laughs> my inf information to charm these ladies and um apparently he did better than i or she for all i know could have been tall hot blonde but but <laughs> they, they did better than i would have done i guess but i think this is where i get confused so then what was the end goal like so are they meeting this person who then is going to know they don't look like you are they just trying to take money from them because that's what i don't know I don't know if uh, we're just a fun game. Know, like I can, it was probably just a fun game. I mean, I can, well, um, I'm totally going to be you tomorrow. <laughs> I, oh, you don't want to spend a minute in my shoes. kid. <laughs> Listen, don't, don't walk in this Braves moccasin. I can't wait. I, I, I want uh, another native American reference, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I can dig that out of my, uh, my messages. I'm sure. Okay. Well, it look was, at this. Drew breezy. So speaking of, um, I'm not sure this is catfish, but this is a little a little hack, which that's what that is. So uh, Rough Wife, one of our sweet, sweet listeners, sends me last night. She said, hey, do you know who this person is? I'm going to show this to you guys, okay? This person's name on Instagram, Maxwell. And Say Maxwell's again, little... Broke. Say it again, you broke up. The person's name on Instagram is Maxwell. Okay. okay. Um, and Maxwell says, like, you know, how there's like the little bio under your name where you can put a sentence like live, laugh, love, I breathe <laughs> air and drink water. Yeah. And um Maxwell says, People <laughs> people feel like you are changing on them, but dot dot dot. It's not changing at all. It's all about your mind told you love care hearty face kissy face um but so maxwell dana or excuse me rough wife one of our listeners sends this to me saying hey do you know this person the reason she's asking me that is because oh, if I can do all these things at one time this is the picture oh wait oh so that's Eric and his wife and myself and one of the members from Breaking Benjamin, it was like a, just a picture from when we went to the concert that this person is using. Um, and they actually follow Eric. I asked her, I was like, <laughs> I said, wait, do they follow me? I was busy doing things I couldn't look. And she said, uh, no, but it looks like they follow Tansy. I was like, well, I'm going to go on and tell him to get rid of that one. They used his own picture and followed him. <laughs> that... Um... So I, I've been getting bombarded lately with, I, I don't know if they're <laughs> Russians or what, but you know, like just new follow, like this newfound fame that Drew Breezy has. 
Um, and I, I like I have a very specific test. I'm I'm leery right now because I was hacked. If you, I remember. know you might want to tell of, everyone. I'm not sure if everyone knows that story. Okay, because I I got I also got hit up to to be uh, to to fall for it again. Um, really? I was yeah, just like the other day, literally the other day. But um, <laughs> somebody sent me somebody who was a friend, an acquaintance that I hadn't spoken to in a while. We started following one another and we were talking like, you know, we, we'd been friends for a long time, but we were talking over the phone with one another too. So it wasn't out of the ordinary then. Uh, and we were talking specifically about social media stuff. And then he, t he, t he, t out of the blue one day sends me a DM. That's like, Hey man, can you help me out? My girlfriend is going to be the next Maxim cover girl, but she needs the votes. And I'm in home Depot, like walking around looking at, whatever carpenter hammers Definitely. and and she uh he's like can you just i'm gonna send you a link can you just click the link and and vote and then tech and then you screenshot and i'm like oh my god like just fucking leave me alone like, and, and i am always the first one like my mother has been hacked to i'm not convinced my own mother is not nigerian she's been hacked so she's a times. princess she might she, she'll pay she, your mortgage she might so um, so I just, I did it. I fell for it. Then like, I, I, as I, as I tell the story, I didn't make it to the lighting section before I started getting all these texts and DMS like, dude, are you into crypto now? What are you doing? Are you selling crypto? Are you? And I'm like, what are you talking about this thing you put on Instagram? So I go on Instagram and of course I'm locked out of my own account. So don't fall for the old, Hey, can you help me out? All you got to do is click the link and send a screenshot. I'm telling you like, you're not smart enough to do it, but I wasn't smart enough to not do it. So uh, I will yeah. say that if she is going to earn credit as a maximum cover model, she doesn't need our votes. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I tend to agree with you, but you know, when you got, I would have done the same thing. And you said you knew the guy, right? I knew him well. I mean, you know, like, and, and it all fit. Like still he's, living. he's a really attractive girlfriend. And, you know, she was definitely like giving me some social media. To, like, it, it Okay, almost, guys, it was me. It was me. It was me. It was Eric so, Candy. I'm, I'm going to have to say it. It was me. <laughs> Sorry. So, anywho, don't fall for it. Hey, is this guy, what's he doing these days? If you're tall, hot, blonde. what what guy? Is he buried under a parking garage? No, 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 no. I, I, I warned him. He actually works with my fiance. And uh, oh. I, I warned her to warn him and, and he fixed it. I mean, like he shut his accounts and. Um, oh, wait. So he didn't know. No, he had no clue. Somebody had done it to him, I think. Oh, I thought yeah, I thought it was a set. I thought he did this to you. No, 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 no. This That's was a, why I said that. And this was a complete mess, too, because. Then all of my followers started getting the, when I finally got control of my account and I was able to look at my DMS, I was like, Oh my God, like, I really, <laughs> I really like this person. I know they're never going to follow me or trust me again. And I'm not going to follow the, you know what I mean? I'm not going to send request. They're going to be like, yeah, the crypto guy, uh, the hacker, you know, like, so whatever. I mean, I, I'm slowly starting to get some of those people back into my life, but, uh, it is a nightmare. Uh, if, if the, and, and it was true, and I'm not like picking on Nigerians. The the IP yeah. address came back to Lagos. No, it Nigeria. is a thing. I mean, it's legitimate. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. 
So that's that. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, I mean, so how far would we consider uh, catfishing to go? You know what I mean? Is uh, is we talked about this a little bit on the phone earlier, but is is plagiarism a form of catfishing? Is or is that just is that just taking the accolades? Is what about stolen valor? Is it like do you have to have an end result for it to be catfishing, or is it just your gratification in the moment? Right. I, I stolen valor. I mean, that's a. I, I get it. I, I I think that is a form of catfishing. I mean, you're it pretending. To I have something. been at the mall where a guy tries to. First of all, whatever. I have thoughts on all of this that nobody cares to hear, but. If you're wearing your uniform in the mall, guy, don't. Just don't. Don't. Just don't. But anyway. Next. Huh? Next. Yeah. Next. Mm-mm. Next. Uh, so he just had to, like, get to, like, what is it? Structure real fast and get him a, a form-fitting shirt. Just um, he, couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't go home and change first. But, yeah, and he's walking his stuff's all, all kinds of... Ugh. God bless America, you know, and trying, even my kids, even my kids are like, kind of like, huh, and they don't know what they don't know. But yeah, and he was in, but what, that's what this guy was doing. This was years ago. And he was really, uh, uh, oh God, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, ooh, was that grooming maybe? But he was really pandering to the kids. It was more of a like, he was getting his ego boosted and his, you know, chest barreled by kids being like, oh, sir, like your uniform. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, buddy. Like, Oh, I was happy to do it. You know what I mean? Like championing himself and uh, his uniform was every way, but sideways. And in fact, he about, he about got it handed to him and eventually had to leave the mall. But uh, that's, you know, that I think that's catfish, right? Um, do you want to touch my medal of honoration? This is what we call my commendation. You know what I'm saying? Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, for meritorious service you're having a commendation for my commendation oh. i don't know you started y'all it. y'all um yeah i don't know have any of you guys been catfished i want y'all to tell us these stories are you currently catfishing us of the of the uh by my count 600 400 uh, 600 55 people in the chat right now. Eric, I don't know what you're talking about, about it only being 100 or 200 in the chat. I've got 650 people in here. Absolutely. I just bought I just bought a 700 new followers four minutes ago. Thank you. Yeah. So he's crypto. <laughs> right. Um, um, so let me you know what? Let me get to uh, Delphi quickly before we oh, uh, whatever. Whew, so. I wrote some of this down. It was a seven, eight page long document that was the uh, what I touched on at the beginning of the show. It was the actual, the probable cause for search warrant um, affidavit that was redacted and released to the public today. Uh, if you remember, we the case had been super, super fast recap. The case has not been solved. It happened in 2017. It's been very, very, very tight-lipped. So we've known not much of anything we did have someone we covered the case ourselves ourselves a few months ago and then we had someone on who claimed to be in the know on that maybe maybe not um 
he had a bigger claim that he was pretty certain that uh, a certain man named Ron Logan was absolutely involved. Ron Logan, if you followed the case, was an older gentleman who has since passed away in the past uh, two years. Uh, at the time, though, he was he was in his 70s when this happened. That's important because of terrain and different things. Uh, his property butts up to where the girls were found. He was heavily investigated, and there was a search warrant on his property at the time, so they would have had some cause to to perform the, the search. I understand that. Uh, he did lie about his alibi. He also was cleared in every way, as far as we know. Uh, again, he is deceased now. Moving forward, they've not acted like they're thinking too much on him. They've not let us know anything else. All we've ever had was the guys down the hill clip. In fact, we only had the audio down the hill. And it was two years later that we heard guys down the hill. And they've never released the rest of that video at all. The audio or video. They said it was disturbing. They've not let us know. They've, they've still not released it, but they've given us a little bit more of a tidbit here. Just recently, back in October, about a month ago, um, six weeks ago, we had a breaking story because they actually arrested someone first time they've ever actually named anyone, much less arrested them in connection. Uh, and that was um, this Allen guy, uh, um, Roger Allen. So, or was it Roger or Robert? whatever, Alan. So yeah. when they released this paperwork today, uh, the probable cause affidavit came from the Carroll County or circuit court in Delphi, Indiana. So we knew that um, it says that as the male subject approaches, one of the girls says gun. Now that's something we've not heard yet. We've not heard anything else on that video other than down the hill or guys down the hill. Now I'm not super surprised because we've talked about this somehow it, there's either one or two people involved in the murder of these girls. And I don't think two of them would have been on top of the bridge. I think one would have been waiting down below if that were, if there's more than one, I think two would have just caused too much of a scene, but one person had to get these two teenage girls who were adult size. They're 13 and 14 years old down this hill. And the only way that ever made sense to us would be if he brandished a weapon, right? He had to do something to, to get them to comply. Uh, so I'm not super surprised that he had a gun, but that's the first we've heard of that. So one of the girls says gun. And then in the audio, the reason they have, you guys aren't familiar. They have this audio and video because one of the girls was filming. She was Snapchatting filming as they're walking down this bridge. So that's what we are, uh, referring to when we talk about the audio and video, it's from what one of the victims actually filmed herself when this was happening. So uh, the girls then proceed down the hill and the video ends. So you see them start to actually go down the hill. We, we, we didn't know any of that was filmed until now. Um, we have learned today that they did find their clothes in Deer Creek. That was the creek that ran alongside the embankment down under the bridge where they were found. Uh, they were found south of where the girls' bodies were found. Um, now here's what, this is what, this alone is what caused the, the search warrant. There was a 40 cal unspent round that was between the, about two feet from their bodies, kind of between the two bodies. Um, it said it did have extraction marks, but it was unspent. So this, this bullet has not been fired through the gun. Um, the there was a vehicle parked strangely so now we have this information 
from, there was a hardware store kind of adjacent to the property and across the street. If you guys um, are not familiar, this bridge, the way this, it's a, it's a walking trail that a lot of people go on and it ends with this old dilapidated, um, no longer like a decommissioned railway bridge. So people would walk it, but it ends and where it ends, you turn around and walk back. Um, so people would take it all the way to the end of the bridge and walk back at the end of the bridge you'd have to go through some brush and some land. And then there's an old um, child protective services building that was no longer in use, a CPS building. And there's also a hardware store um, adjacent to that. The hardware store had um, video monitoring. So between what they gathered from that video monitoring and then from witnesses and, and people that were on the trail that day, that's how they get all of the this information <laughs> together. I jumped um, a lot right then. So there was a vehicle that was parked very strangely. And so a handful of witnesses mentioned this because it wasn't a big deal that there was a vehicle parked at that old CPS building. In fact, a lot of people would kind of park there to go on the trail. It was the fact that it was backed in very strangely all the way to the building, almost to like uh, if you want to disguise your plate, uh, or something like that. It was just backed all the way up to the brick. Uh, so multiple people mentioned that. That was also on footage. Uh, it's the the Hoosier Harvestor video that shows um, this vehicle leave at 2.28 p.m. If I remember correctly, it's been, y'all read this case on and off for years, but I, I think they arrived there around 1, 1.20, 1.30 that afternoon. So this would have been about an hour later that that vehicle leaves uh, the CPS building. Um, someone stated that uh, they later saw the same man that they had seen earlier. And when they described him, he was wearing jeans, um, a bluish colored sweatshirt, a Carhartt jacket, a hood underneath the jacket. All the things that we've seen on the picture of the, the quote guy on the bridge, the bridge guy. Um, these people said they saw that same man walking north away from the bridge. They had seen him walking southbound earlier when they see him walking north. He is now, these are three adolescents that they have witnessed or that they have, excuse me, interviewed that witnessed this man. I think it's two girls and a boy and their names are redacted, but it says that he was muddy and bloody. They thought that he looked like he had been in a fight. They didn't understand why he had the blood that he did. Um, on October 13th, just this past October is when they obtained the search warrant that this paperwork came from. When they were there, they located jackets, boots, knives, and firearms, including a Sig Sauer 40 cal with a serial number U625627. Um, I'm going to actually move it over to my phone because I actually just started taking pictures of what it said rather than copying it down because it was going to be quicker. Um, and it says that... Goodness gracious. So, his, by the way, his car matched up with the car that they saw at the CPS building. Uh, Richard Allen's did. Um, he was interviewed again by investigators. He said that he was on the trails that day. He said he saw two juvenile girls on the trails east of the Freedom Bridge and that he went on to the Monon High Bridge. So basically, I'm not going to read all of that through to you, but he says that he was on the bridge. He said that he went to the first platform, stopped, sat at a bench, turned around and left. He will then go on to say that he does own a 40 caliber gun, that it, you know, all these kinds of things. This was his initial interview with them, though, before what we know now. This was back in 2017. He states that he was going there to watch fish, look over the bridge to watch the fish in the water. Um, 
so then when once they perform excuse me perform the search warrant they found what i just told you sorry guys i'm trying to pull it up here so to kind of not have to tell you all the stuff so it says that between October 14th and October 19th of 2022, the Indiana State Police Lab performed an analysis on Allen 6-hour model P226. The lab performed a physical examination and classification of the firearm, function test, barrel, and overall length measurement, test firing, ammunition component characterization, microscopic comparison, and <clears throat> among other things, the laboratory determined the unspent round located within two feet of victim two's body had in fact been cycled through Richard M. Allen's six sour model. Um, and then they just go on a bit more scientifically on why that matches up. Um, and then he didn't have an explanation of the unspent bullet. He says that uh, he admitted that he does have that gun. He no, he never denied that that was his gun. But he also said that he never let anyone borrow it. And he said that he had no explanation as to why they would have found that bullet there. Um, it shows that he is the male set that he is the male subject seen on the video from victim two's phone, who was who forced the victims down the hill. Further, that the victims were forced down the hill by Richard Allen and led to the location where they were murdered. Um, that's pretty much it. They go, they, they, they go through some more timestamps and just essentially why it makes sense that that was him and how that all adds up with his car and, and his weapon and his time for being there. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't, it's, it I, just, I it makes me sick, you know, like, I don't know. I, it makes me sick too. I, w I went down this, um, kind of rabbit hole after we talked to what's his face, the investigative producer. And, um, yeah. I found some very interesting stuff. Like this guy is called, So that's the platform there we were talking about. Yeah. It's called crime scene, the courtroom. And what this guy did was, um, like he took Google earth images and images that from the actual bridge, and then he 3D rendered them. Then he took, um, like he narrates it. So, you know, this would be worth watching. But see, like he, he puts them to life. Like he. Right. Know, no yeah, I've seen that. It's insanely about, interesting. Yeah, it is it is insanely interesting how he does it. Like he overlays, um, like he's saying, this is this is where she was taking the photograph of her in, in, in her position this is what they would have seen. Like it's, it's really interesting stuff uh, in my opinion. I mean, I, I don't know if the guys are for it really, no, it really is. It really brings a, it brings a scene to life. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a crime scene, but it brings a still image to full on life. And it's, it's it, very interesting to get the perspective, yeah, I, especially, especially in a case like this, when we got the two girls and the one phone and the guy coming, like approaching them. Right. Cause I, I mean, he, like he even goes so far as to say, like, obviously, he's uh, been uh, an expert witness and stuff like this, but he talks about, like, the diameter of the branch and how it's sticking. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's done the measurement. He's done the math. and um, You know, this is kind of what he summarizes happened. I mean, I don't know if there was a second person involved or – but, I mean, you know, as you can – like, I, I'm sure there's somebody going, well, you can see right here he's got his hand in his pocket. You know, like, I, I, I'm sure he's just – guessing at that but 
or no actually that was in the he did also- no he did he did in the video yeah yeah that's right yeah so yeah it's it's wild and again none of this implicates ron logan here's the deal uh we can we can talk on whichever side on that ron logan again was the property owner next door uh ron's dead <laughs> ron can't speak for himself so it's it's pretty easy to say whatever we want about ron logan so i, I kind of clarified that before but and i'm not saying that he was innocent to anything but i want to play both sides there uh, i'm not gonna uh, go full in without knowing i i have no idea that being said authorities have continued to say that this is an ongoing investigation that they are still taking tips and leads which does make me wonder if they feel like they've wrapped it up with Richard Allen. I'm not sure why we're still doing that. Unless the, unless they just maybe need more information about Richard Allen. I mean, is that what you would I don't know. Would this bullet okay, would this bullet would this be enough to implicate him in the in the murder alone? Well, you have to wonder I'm sure it goes deeper than that. Like you gotta wonder how many how many bullets? Well, just what we know. That's all we know, right? Yeah, and and like, did they extract DNA off of the bullet? Did they? You know what I'm saying? Like, because when you're sure. loading a magazine, and then um, and they can d- definitively say that it came from the same gun because it's going to have the same right um, extraction marks and all that other stuff. So I mean, like, yeah, I I think this is where an important this is the importance of a good interrogation or interview where you know, you're balancing that fine line between uh, you definitely want in a case of this magnitude, you want the the suspect to know that they have a constitutional right to silence and a presence, the presence of an attorney, but you also want them to fall into that trap that they think that they're smarter than you so they can outwit you with their interview. And that's when you, one of the cards to, to recall this whole thing, you hold close to your vest and you throw down and you say, okay, well then if you, if you didn't have that, I mean, if it's your gun, who did you loan it to? And, and he said, like, no one, I, nobody would have had it. It would have been my, in my possession at all times. And you know what I mean? And yeah. it's the same with the bullets and in the whole nine yards. So um, it's not really, it's sometimes like I used to teach interviews and interrogations and, and I, and I still swear to this day, like, not being able to interview someone sometimes is a blessing. Sometimes it's what they don't tell you that is telling you everything because, or when they lie and they lock into a story, that's even better because you can investigate around the lie. In other words, if they, if they, when somebody confesses, they don't necessarily always give you the full story. They're just giving you parts of the story that they want you to know. But when they lock into a lie you know, pre-confession or when they're just, that's my story and I'm going to stick to it. That's a godsend also sometimes because you can investigate around that. Mm -hmm. Like you can show that, you know, we know that that firearm was never removed from the safe and we, you know what I mean? Like just stuff like that. You're able to kind of um, circumstantially place um, the gun in his possession. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, and that, and that's what I'm, you know, again, we're all chomping at the bit for this because we finally have some information that we've not had in, you know, now what, five years, uh, going almost six years at this point. So, you know, 
it is nice to hear something. Obviously, we knew they had something or else they wouldn't have been able to arrest this man. Like, So it it didn't really matter what it was. It was something. And now we know that it was the bullet. And this is this is all we've got is the, the search warrant, the probable cause affidavit. That's it. And that's okay. We don't, as the public, we don't need anything else right now. But I guess, yeah, that's my question to you. I guess, would the bullet in and of itself in this kind of a case be enough to implicate him solely? Or do you feel like since they are continuing to say that they are accepting more tips and they are continuing to keep this an active investigation. And there's a reason they haven't opened up all the other evidence to us. In fact, the evidence for all of that is sealed will be until a, an undetermined time. They've already said that. So <clears throat> does that lead your train of thought to think that they're, that they are still considering a second suspect or not necessarily? Not necessarily. Uh, I, I, I also tend to believe that he probably confessed. But they're not going to talk about his confession. I think he did. I think he probably confessed. Like, and if he didn't, it's just a rational discussion with him. Literally, like the the weight of the world is crashing down on him, and you got to use that to your advantage. And um, it's, he's married with a daughter. That's the thing. Like the pictures. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but oh, when you no, talk no. about when you talk about a confession, the reason I say, and I I don't look. I'll say all the time. I don't know what I don't know. Like I'm a a nurse and a mom that like plays around on Tuesday night to talk to y'all because I don't have adult friends. So um, law enforcement or, or detective work, none of that's my background. But I will say that if he's lived his whole life and has or hasn't done something like this before, but he's lived his whole life in this small town, continues to live within miles of where, let's say, let's go on and say where he committed this crime. He There are pictures of him and his wife in a pool hall and right behind him on the wall is the the sketch of Maybe. the suspect, you know, yeah. the, you know, wanted because this case is so it's big nationally and it's definitely still very big in that small town. So every you couldn't go anywhere. And that's what everyone says. The post office, the grocery store, the pool hall, anywhere you go, those sketches, the old sketch and the new sketch, there were two different ones are everywhere. And there were pictures of him sitting there, his wife on his lap. They're drinking beer. They got their pool sticks right here. And boom, there's that picture of what potentially is a mock-up of his own face. So you want to tell me they pull him in a room after all, after almost six years that he's just been sitting, sitting on this. Yeah. Unless he's been itching to do it again. Unless he's not feeling the guilt from it because he's itching to do it again. I don't know. We don't know that about him yet. I, but he's I at home. I, what I would question about his dumb acidness is why wouldn't you after four years just kind of slink out of town not not i think i'd find somewhere else to move or yeah to live like hey guys this will be a great opportunity for work it's a better cost of living let's live here you know it's a there's no state income tax you know like it just paris is beautiful this time of year yeah uh well so if they pull him in a room after all of that that's my point i can't imagine he's not gonna and when they say look we got this bullet guy like this is your gun like all however they go about letting him know that they probably wouldn't they, they, they probably they're like look the, the, they probably even have to but my point is i think that he would have confessed i don't think yeah, <clears> he's been sitting there with it he's seen his picture he's playing a fool to you know wife and daughter uh i, I just can't see him stand standing through you know not breaking during interrogation um or pushing. It, it's it, it's you're using the psychology of look the weight of the world has been on your shit like Aren't you tired of looking exactly in your rear view because you knew I'd be in your rear view at some? Aren't point. you exhausted? Have you slept a full night in six years? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. time to just let this go and, and 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 just you know. But 
um, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I really want to get into that um, probable cause affidavit. I, I, I didn't get a chance to review it. I didn't know it existed. Until you said it, so. <clears throat> to be fair, what I kind of what I um, extrapolated from that to put on the show is kind of the meteor portions of it. You know how that the the language gets, and it's there's not there's a lot of redundancy and a lot of uh, whatever. But most of it is just kind of like we saw that you know a little rundown of witness statements, essentially just all tying it back to the same guy based on his clothing and then his car being at that old CPS building. But the fact that the girl said gun and the fact that they show them starting down the hill with this man in tow, this man who then winds up being Richard Allen because we have those clothes at home. Um, They've not said anything else again, because that's not what this paperwork is. But we know, we know nothing about DNA in terms of like when those People saw him on the bridge, those adolescents, and said that he was muddy and bloody. We don't know where those clothes went. Um, but yeah, this is this is big. This was uh, we knew they had something because they searched and they got him. We just didn't know what it was. Uh, and I'm still not in the camp that these girls were shot. We're still all pretty certain that they. I I don't think that they were. Uh, I think that the gun was a tool, uh, a tool to get them yeah. to comply. You know? I, I mean, it, with the um, with the round being out, it indicates either the gun was jammed or he doesn't he didn't know how to use it maybe or, well, so he was he and he was a hunter okay so, oh, okay. so he, i mean he knew what he was doing he knew how to he knew how to use a gun he also knew how to use knives he had multiple knives at home and i think that and I, I absolutely we'll see we'll see how this goes it doesn't matter i don't care if i'm right or wrong my thought process has always been that they were um cut somehow because yeah. Because they never said they were shot. I just think that if they were shot, it would be too easy to say they were shot without giving up too much. Well, there's there's two things right there. Like one, you would probably never give the cause of death or manner of death. One, so you can have that as leverage in your interview sure. when you're talking or your interrogation actually at that point. And then two, you ne- you're never going to discuss what occurred in the interrogation, or it's rare that people talk about interrogations anymore, whether they confessed or not, because that's going to prejudice a jury. So you, sure. you just, you don't, you don't just you like, yeah, he gave a full confession. Okay. Well, we're definitely not going to be having a trial in this jurisdiction. We're going to have to take it somewhere else because everybody thinks now that he confessed and what, what is a confession? I mean, he can recant his statement at any point and they can, right. they can also fight his, you know what I mean? Like a good defense team can, fight his his uh confession it just depends i mean like yeah i'm sure he's probably like i want to get this over with i I don't know if indiana has is it indiana right i don't know if they have a a death penalty but i want to get this over with here's what i did here's how i did it let's move on like it's it's i i i don't see a prolonged trial and if it's if, if it's a prolonged trial it's possible he's not involved. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't see why he wouldn't just plead. Like, hey, let's let's not kill me. Let me just live the rest of my life in prison. Yeah. Well, and just real quick to go back to that, the reason, the only reason I wasn't set on gun or a gunshot as the cause of death to start with is because when they, when these men were talking, when the the sheriff and the de- when the different all the different people in the investigation were talking. They would shake their heads. Obviously, they're visibly shaking because these girls were murdered, these young girls. However, while they didn't give us information specifically, they would say things that they've never seen such as this. Eventually, within a couple of years, they finally they did speak on um, how the bodies had been staged, but it, especially how bloody it was. They, they did talk about there was so much blood. That was another reason I was thinking 
because no one heard a gunshot either. That's the people are on that bridge. It's in the afternoon. And like, that's so my question is like, didn't didn't the affidavit say that the round was found in between the two bodies and, and but it was found the, two feet um below them but between the two yes all right but weren't the bodies staged they also say that they were staged so did he stage the bullet is that what you're saying no i i i wonder if uh, I, I don't know i i just you know like i i, I could tell you what came to mind it's it's very a uh, very gross depiction i mean he's a hunter like i could so see that's him. exactly what i thought that i was going to say he shoots like the gun the gun jams and he rips out his knife to hurry up and do the thing and go right yeah, like that's, that's yeah, I don't know. what i was thinking yeah i don't know who knows but none of that matters that's speculation i try not to do that too much yeah yeah me too that's exactly what was in my head too um not all the steps of that, just the last portion of that until we see that that bullet was there. And then it makes sense that he's now he's in a hurry. He's got to get, so he's going to, and, and we're out. Um, I don't know, but that's the newest on that. We'll definitely talk to you guys. If we hear more, I don't foresee a whole lot more forthcoming in the next week. Again, we may touch on um, the college students from Idaho next week. Um, and I mean, that's kind of it. Oh, a little bit. I am not Eric Tansy. This is not going to be exciting. We don't know. Ghost bed. Please don't drop us. But, 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 uh, you guys, it's getting late. We've all had a lot of turkey over the past few days and it's time to go to bed pretty soon. So what better sleep can you get than on a ghost bed, right? If you use code Wolfpack, you're going to get 35% your purchase at ghostbed.com. They have three they have uh i don't even have it in front of me i have it in my ear i can hear eric uh in here and he's in my head bouncing around saying things like um adjustable base they have the cooling technology it's made in the good old you ready drew usa usa okay maybe it's maybe it's maybe it is eric maybe it is you know what I'm saying? Maybe he's the one that throws it off every time. I think it is because that was what we just did was perfect. I know. <laughs> That was perfection. <laughs> but uh, yeah, guys, get a ghost bed. Like, there's no need to to muddle it up with words. Get one and use code Wolfpack. Keep us on the air, guys. That's it. They're great beds. I promise. <clears throat> they have sheets and all sorts of things. <laughs> sheets and all sorts. All sorts of things. Yep. They got cooling technology and the sheets are cool and adjustable bases. And we all, we all want to adjust. That's what it is. Oh. <laughs> okay. uh, all right. So, you got anything for us, Drew? You got anything else? Listen, Jonathan Bates is on fire and, and that's. Hotel Hot Blonde? Yes. That's by the way, uh, the name of my third book. <laughs> but, uh, we are uh, we are currently booking guests for our um yes upcoming show which is com center titled com center with drew breezy and a very small letters in his tall hot blonde tall hot blonde and funnier sidekick jb oh okay i like it so we'll see uh, but but that's that. Please uh, tune in Friday. Make sure you hammer the like button on, on this show. Share it. Tell your Aunt Sally what she missed. Don't tell her what she missed. Make her watch it. Make yeah. her listen. To it, this might be make her hit one. like and download. Yes. Uh, make her a catfisher. 
make her hit like, make her download the the podcast itself, although I don't know how that's going to be accomplished because I didn't hit record anything, and I don't know if Andrea did, and I don't know what we're supposed to do. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, It'll work. It'll work. Somebody will figure it out. Uh, Dead Act Man Carrie says $5 to keep fighting. We're fighting. We are fighting. Fighting like Jenny Jones. Yep. Scott Amador. Okay, so uh, if you're ready to wrap it up, please I do. I am. Do so. you know where the button is that's going to end this? <laughs> Beautiful. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm anybody for this one. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys, and we will definitely see you guys next week. All right. See you Friday. Oh, that's right. Good night, y'all. <laughs>